listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. Hosted by high-stakes headhunter, author, and professional speaker, Scott Love. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Love, and thanks for joining me on the Rainmaking Podcast. I'm excited about our guest today because we have a topic related to the COVID crisis. Now, at the time I'm producing these shows, starting out, relaunching it, there's it is in the middle of the crisis. Some of them are going to be on issues pertaining to the crisis. Others are going to be on fundamentals that are timeless and that never change. But today, Cole Silver, who serves as Chief Client Officer for Blank Rome, is going to offer some ideas that will help you. Now, Blank Rome is a global top 100 law firm. I've done placements in that firm. It's a very good firm. And he's the Chief Client Officer, which means that he provides consultative client relationship support to the firm and to the firm's clients. And this helps to identify and implement strategies and tactics to improve client satisfaction. It also helps to expand into new areas of service and ensures an outstanding client experience. Cole has over 25 years of experience as a general counsel to several high-growth companies. He brings an insider's view of clients' key legal concerns and what they want and expect from their outside counsel. Cole has also authored books and trained numerous professionals in the areas of client development and service. I'm excited to introduce you to my close friend, Cole Silver. So I've got with me on the show today an old friend, somebody I've known for a long time, Cole Silver. I've interviewed Cole on some of the other programs that we've had, and he and I have had a lot of interactions on client development and rainmaking. And Cole, I'm really excited about having you back on the show today. I'm excited about being here. And Cole, as you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic. So if people are listening to this, this is, I'd say, at the end of the first inning with the crisis. People are starting to realize that there are changes they're going to have to make and how they operate how they practice, how they sell their services, how they get business. And so, Cole, our our topic today is making it rain during and after the pandemic. And I'm kind of curious, how do you think marketing and business development will change as a result of the impact of COVID-19? So, look, nobody really knows how this is all going to turn out. We could have another, you know, batch of uh, breakouts. And if that happens... You know, obviously, a lot of things will go by the wayside. But what we do know is that the economy and many businesses are really, really hurting. Hmm. Cash flow is very, very tight. People are being laid off. And certain businesses will just not recover. So, you know, I've been through a few disasters when I was Mm in-house. And I can tell you that, just as you know, as a businessman, Everything is viewed through a return on investment or cost-benefit lens. Right. That is, if there's no return, if it doesn't make money, if it doesn't save money, it's probably off the table. Right. That's how down and dirty you got to get. So let's say somebody selling legal services or other services where it's clearly an expense, how do they need to change their narrative based on what you've just said when they sell their services? I think they have to adjust to what the reality is, um, you know, what their client is going through. Hmm. So if they were selling, you know, M&A deals and there's no appetite to even buy distressed stuff right now, then they have to look at the client more holistically and see what they can do to help them manage through this crisis. Because 
even if they're not doing deals, they still have labor issues, tax issues, dealing with all of the government programs, possible insurance recovery issues. So really what it's doing, Scott, it's making all of us lawyers look at our clients more holistically across the entire enterprise, right? You can no longer just say, I just know this one thing. Unless, of course, you're a bankruptcy lawyer. These guys are going to be really busy. So I think it's challenging all of us to look at our clients in a deeper way. So let me kind of ask you this then. Let's say the person listening to this is a transactional attorney or somebody in an area where what they're providing just isn't in high demand, yet they still have the chance to leverage other opportunities within their organization. How do you think people should be reaching out to clients? Should they call them and say, I know it's a tough time. I've got some ideas. What do you think and what have you seen as successful during this pandemic in terms of how people should connect with existing client relationships? So it obviously depends on how the client likes to be communicated with. You know, if they don't mind telephone calls, then that's the way to go. Younger guys or gals may want email or text. But the bottom line is you got to communicate. My first issue is to communicate with empathy, Mm. right? Because we're dealing with such drastic health and existential issues, right? The person could have someone in their family who's sick. They're stuck at home. They could be worried about their job. So empathy and safety should be emphasized. Right. Are the two keys today? It's like completely crazy, but it's true. When you talk about other possible business development ideas, you have to look at the client and see what their needs are. Most of the time, in a good environment, we lawyers tend to sell what we know. Now's the time to sell what is needed. So by asking the right questions, by doing the sufficient research, by understanding the client's industry, you can go and address their needs and wants, whether you can do it or you can connect them with someone from your firm to do it. Right. But you can no longer just sell what you know. More drastically, Scott, you may have to completely switch what you're doing. So let's say you were, you know, working exclusively in the hospitality industry, in um, commercial real estate. And those industries are really hurting. Right. So, you know, you may have to turn to being a COVID lawyer, a privacy lawyer, a um, bankruptcy lawyer. You may have to completely change your business model. So let me ask you this then from the client perspective. And I know that you're unique in that you work in a big law firm involved in client development, but you've also practiced as an attorney and you've been in-house. You've been a buyer of legal services. What do you think is on the mind of those in-house counsel, people that are the purchasers of services? How do you think their criteria is changing, not specific to certain issues, but in terms of who they're saying yes to nowadays. How do you think that's going to change? So in times of crisis, you do tend to lean on who you know and trust even more so. Hmm. But if those firms are not 
you know, stressing safety and helping the clients manage through all the things that they're going through right now, they'll be gone. So not only are general counsels looking for helping, you know, starting up, dealing with all the issues we talked about before, mm-hmm. but because cash is tight, they're looking for some, shall we say, other accommodations, mm-hmm. right? So maybe I remember when I was in-house during 9-11, and my main law firm came to me and adjusted my pricing without me doing anything because they knew my major client and customer was destroyed in the tower. Mm. I never forgot that. So maybe free briefings, virtual secondments, payment modifications, anything you can do to help your clients survive and thrive during these crazy times is going to go a long way. Right. How do you think those people that are in the role of having the client contact, they think this might be a good idea for us to offer some sort of an alternative fee arrangement or some sort of flex in whatever we charge, the competing agenda is of the people that are running the firm that are responsible for getting cash in. How do you think they can bridge the gap in that narrative to those people within their own organizations? Well, if you're trying to squeeze every penny you can out of the client, the client will never forget that. Mm. And if you lose a key client today, getting a new one is going to be really hard. So in my opinion, you're going to have to take in a somewhat short-term hit to keep a long-term relationship going. Right. But it has to be very specific because I think you know that during the financial crisis, when firms did big discounts, they were never able to get back in lots of ways to their original rack rates. So there are better ideas now, like um, alternative pricing, as you said, maybe a forbearance or abeyance program bringing alternative providers to the table with you. There are better ideas than just discounting. Right, sure. But at the end of the day, as you know, because you're in business, it's all about value. Right. And clients aren't stupid. So if you're trying to gouge me, I will never, ever forget it, especially during a crisis. Absolutely. I know that some of the things that I'd seen in the world were people providing free content, which I think was absolutely spot on. It's a good way to build trust with an audience. If you come out with, here is a free webinar or free seminar or whatever it is, the things I think that personally turn me off is people that have an exploiting perspective where even though they might say, well, this is our opportunity, I think the messaging of that needs to be conveyed in a different way rather than for three easy payments of $1,000 each, you can get this crisis handbook or whatever it is. You know, I know that we're all in business. We want to sell something. I'm going to sell things, but I think you have to give in certain times, especially when there's a crisis. You have to, and I'm not saying this is the way it is forever, and I'm not saying, yes, everybody discount fees, but giving some sort of value that doesn't cost a thing on a wide scale, just giving that without any sort of selfish expectation of return. I think that goes a long way. Well, that's and, why you're so successful. Right. Well, thanks. And, and you too. And I know you have that philosophy because we spent a lot of time, a lot of hours talking about these things, even outside of interviews. What are some things that you think professional service providers can do 
to give a large audience some value? Like, what, what have you seen in terms of topics through webinars, audio programs, video webinars? What, what are some things you've seen out there recently? So I don't think there's any shortage of webinars. I'm, I'm already webinared out. <laughs> and um, lots and lots of client alerts. So I think I would say to you, Scott, that the key is to be specific to the client's needs. If you're just blasting stuff out that has no relevance to me, then I'm going to ignore you even going forward into the future. But if you spend time to know what I'm going through, what I'm facing, what's keeping me up at night, and you address that specifically, I will forever be in your stead. I will promote you. I will be loyal to you because you're being specific to me. Right. So I think that's really the key here. You know, I was talking to a bunch of general counsels about two weeks ago, and I just let them talk. And all they talked about were the legal issues of bringing people back to work. So in just a very short amount of time, I learned exactly what their needs are. And then I was able to help them. So the key is listening to your clients and what they specifically want and need. So, Cole, I've heard you talk about things like listening, empathy. These are soft skills. How do you think? somebody listening to this can grow out can, can grow out and grow in these skills. What, what would you recommend? If they want to grow in these skills, what are some ideas you might have for somebody in general that wants to become more empathetic and wants to become a better listener? How does somebody grow in those skills? I think, you know, the key, Scott, is just to put yourself in the other person's shoes. You know, they talk about emotional intelligence. They talk about companies that emphasize the client experience do better than S&P companies. But at the end of the day, to me, empathy is all about putting yourself in the other person's shoes and remembering that people make decisions based on emotions and justify them with logic. So I know that's sometimes hard for lawyers, but it really, really is important. Because the old saying that, you know, everybody knows, it's not how much you know, but how you made the person feel that they'll remember. That's right. I always think that there's a mix. You've got the emotional context of it, and then you've got the cold calculated business results that you have to show. And I think that there's this balance between showing that empathy and listening, but at the same time being able to articulate your value. And I remember reading for years and years the old saying that people don't care how much you know, they know how much you care. I think that's partly true. I also think people don't care how much you know, they know how they want, they care how much you can solve their problem. And I think articulating that to solving that specific problem in a way that connects on an emotional level with them. And you're absolutely right. And that's one thing I'll even tell partners when they're looking at moving. I'll tell them, I say that the decision that you make will be an emotional decision. You can't get out of that. You need to do your diligence so that you can allow it to be emotional and you can feel good about that rather than second-guessing that. And I think that's the same thing that anybody that's selling professional services needs to understand is that the clients are making an emotional decision. They still have to show the value, but they have to articulate that in a way that they know that we truly care about their success, that we're only going to do what's in their best interest 
but showcasing that expertise of value. Before you end that, yeah, sure. I just want to agree with you, as I always do. When you think about it, people only pay for two things. One is to have a problem solved, and two is to feel good, hmm. right? And you could go to a lot of law firms and get your problem solved. But if you can solve my problem and make me feel good in the process, I'll be your client for life. That's great, Cole. And that's why your firm is lucky to have you, because I'm sure you kind of have that conversation with all of your colleagues. I try. (laughs) Right. So what are other things that you do that a lawyer, anybody in professional services, somebody that's in B2B sales, when they're selling a sophisticated product or service to a sophisticated market in a time of crisis like this, what are some other things that they can do or say to garner more trust and client loyalty? So I think there are three things I want to leave your audience with. The first is that you have to look at your client in a holistic way. You can't just be narrow into your niche anymore right now. You have to understand the client's needs across the enterprise. Mm. Be a business person, put yourself in their shoes, and get them the solutions, ideas, and proactive advice they need. Because things are so crazy right now. Right. The second thing, and they're all business-related, Scott, whether you're running a law firm or you're running your own practice, you have to narrow down your marketing and business development to things that gain results now. So being in super lawyers, being in chambers, doing a webinar that makes very little sense, that has to go by the wayside right now. You have to look at things that will gain financial results now. Right. So marshal your resources, cut your costs, and only do things that, you know, gain revenue. And the last thing is to be completely client-centric. And that is to spend as much time with your clients and your prospects as you can. McKinsey just wrote a report and suggested that the focus on the innovation level should be at the client experience because establishing priorities and helping clients manage through this crisis is your first order of business. Hmm. And if they don't survive, and a lot won't, your job is to help them get something new going. That's how drastic things are right now. Well, I think those, those are very wise words and of some very good perspective mm-hmm. for everybody to keep in mind. And Cole, I appreciate you being here today. Mm-hmm. We'll put all of your contact info on the show notes section so people can reach out to you. But in terms of final strategies that a law firm leader can employ to drive more revenue and profits, to those people that are in a leadership role or for any type of business development enterprise, what are some other thoughts that you have that can help them just to bring in more revenue and profits right now? So, you know, Raul Manuel, who worked for uh, Obama, said that a crisis is a terrible thing to waste, right? Right. We have a big one. And I think it's incumbent upon law firm leaders to look across the entire enterprise and figure out how to run the business in a new way. This gives us an opportunity to innovate operations, 
use more technology, develop a younger, remote, diverse workforce, mm-hmm. and to operate the business like the big four, like a business. And that's going to be really hard for a lot of law firms because of origination, because of the way, you know, if you're making a lot of money, you think, oh, well, everything's okay. But I truly believe that the firms that don't take this opportunity to change their model will probably suffer or not be around in the next five years. That's right. I think that those are true words. It is a sobering thought to know that some of those listening aren't going to be in business, but I think that's the motivation that firm leadership needs to have and the perspective they need to look at to make those changes. What I think, what I'd seen is interesting. Some firms, in my, I'd say the, the number of firms I have access to, I work with probably about two dozen firms that I know enough to at least reach out, see how they're doing. Probably about a third of those were pretty nimble and were able to make some adjustments early on. And I think that gave them an edge to outmaneuver their competition in terms of talent. And recruiting partners that have top-line revenue coming in, that's always going to be in fashion. And some of those, those partners, even though they were thinking about maybe moving before the crisis now, it's not necessarily the cuts that have come through, but how that, that narrative is nuanced from the leadership. They're seeing what the leadership of the firm is truly all about, because any sort of stress cracks are going to be magnified in a time of crisis. And any sort of health is also going to be illuminated in a time of crisis. And I think the health starts at the top and it can be financial health. I think that's part of it, but I think it's how those law firm leaders or any sort of organizational leaders lead the firm through a crisis and through a time of change. Yeah. Look, it's going to be interesting to watch, not just in the legal profession, but in a lot of industries. The world will definitely change. And um, just as you said, the ones that are flexible, nimble, and willing to take calculated risks in becoming more efficient, more client-centric, more focused on the bottom line will survive. That's right. Well, Cole, I want to appreciate you and thank you for being here again today. Uh, You're a frequent guest that I've had on these types of shows. I'm sure we'll have you back on again. And I look forward to someone we can actually meet again in person and say hello. I always, uh, you know, relish these times with you, Scott. They're great. Thank you so much, Cole. And I appreciate your expertise today. Thank you. Speak soon. Thank you for listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. For more information about our recruiting services for international law firms, visit our website at attorneysearchgroup.com. To inquire about having Scott speak at your next convention, conference, sales meeting, or executive retreat, visit therainmakingpodcast.com. Rainmaking Podcast.